Let's get started. All right. I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. And this is the Hockey Trash Cast. Sorry for the mysterious disappearance. I was ill and will never again make fun of Sidney Crosby for blending a cheeseburger when his jaw was wired shut. My jaw wasn't quite wired shut, but uh, it was close. <laughs> but I didn't blend so a cheeseburger. Alive. I didn't do that. Because I'm not a monster. Oh, good thing. So, in case you were worried. So, we, it turns out they worked well that we went on a little hiatus there because like not a whole lot has been happening in the world of the avalanche um from a random interview with sportsnet i think alexander kerfoot revealed that the rookie house was in boulder and i don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with colorado geography or the concept of boulder but I have still not recovered from this, and it was, like, four weeks ago. First of all, like, Boulder is very far away from Pepsi Center, and even yeah. further and away from where they practice. Yeah, from family sports, that's, like, at least an hour. Like, I live... the traffic isn't shitty. Which yeah. Always... It always is. So, I don't know why the fuck they thought that was the place to live. And it's not like Boulder's cheap is the other thing. Like, Boulder, it's not like they were like, oh, well, we'll just get, like, a cheaper place to live. Like, no. Boulder's very expensive. I mean, I guess if they stayed in, like, shitty student housing, like, they were a bunch of CU students, maybe it was cheaper, but... At what cost? Like, I just... I don't, I don't understand. I'm very confused as to why they were living there. It was a choice. It was a whole choice. We do have some abs news. We had a handful of signings. No, Miko was not one of them. But uh, Sheldon Dries, AJ Greer, and Vlad Kamenev all signed one-year contracts. Which I'm like, after Greer's little run-in with the police this summer, I'm kind of Yeah, I probably wouldn't have given him a one-year contract. Yeah, at least we only gave him one. Yeah, that was a choice. Um, And good news, though... Yeah. Sam Gerard signed a seven-year contract extension. So, there we go. Face of the future, Sam Locked Gerard. down he is for five mil a year. 100% the new Tyson Berry. Which, like, I think we all knew was going to happen, but this is uh, solid proof of that. We can only hope that in six years we don't offload him to someone because we're afraid that he'll want more money. We'll see about that. (laughs) No, I'm not still bitter about this trade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of the trade, uh, Toronto media is 
wild, and Alexander Kerfoot is adjusting to that. And I will say the only good thing about this trade is that it means more curve content for me because I love him. And he was a part of this event. It was a like a ping pong table tennis tournament. Yeah, it's a ping pong tournament. I forget who runs it, but it's some um, either former or current player, and it's all for like I think concussion research and also maybe rare cancers. I don't know. It's a fundraiser. It's like a big thing. He was there, and his team won. Perf won Smash Fest. And some people in the Toronto media have finally figured out that he goes by Alexander. At like, last. Sportsnet did an article that was like five things we learned about Alexander Kerfoot at Smash Fest. And number one was that if you want to shorten his name, you call him Kerf, not Alex. Correct. So We tried to tell more. them no one listened to us. Maybe now the Canadian media will, you know, get the memo to be determined if NBC Sports does, though. So oh, I even though I have directly tweeted them more than once on the subject. Yeah, I <laughs> literally no faith in their ability to get anything right ever. So I'm not holding my breath on that one. That's super valid. Also, we got jersey number info. So... The following sweaters will be bearing the following numbers. For the Leafs, Tyson Berry will be wearing 94. Rip. Alexander Kerf. Well, they four is retired for them, so he I mean, can't wear I know. Four, I'm just sad. Which is a tragedy. <laughs> I'm just sad. Kerf is wearing 15. Even bigger rip. 13 yeah. is my lucky number. Um, for the Avs. Kadri will now be wearing 91, which is his old number from juniors, which means that Kamenev needed a new number, so now he's wearing 81, and Andre Burkovsky will be wearing 95. So that's where we are with numbers, which is exciting. We have so many players with numbers in the 90s. I don't understand. So they're at their fucking birth year. Nerd. That's true. So is everyone going to start going back to, like, numbers in the, like, between 1 and 10 now? Maybe. Like, I mean, I make fun of people for using their birth year, but, like, if I was an athlete, I would definitely use 13, which is my birth date, so. That's fair. I don't know what I'd pick. 13 like, it's my number. number Maybe I'd pick my birth year just so I could also be like Gabe Landeskog and be 92. I love Gabe. I was having a discussion with my roommates last night about who our ideal man was, because we all have vastly different types. And I said Gabe Landeskog. And they were like, Who? That was it. That was the conversation. I mean, they need to learn because Gabe Landeskog is like the perfect man. He is. He's so beautiful and nice and he's a Sagittarius and I love fire signs. 
Gabe Landeskog, perfect man. You heard it here, folks. In case you hadn't already heard it or <laughs> figured it out yourself. For some reason, yeah. Um, anyone that listens to this podcast that doesn't know that Gabe Landeskog is human perfection is... Clearly isn't listening. Yeah. Like, the, it's just your first episode. This is literally, like, most of our content is talking about how wonderful Gabe the Babe is. Pretty much, yeah. We love him. So much. Um, and other ad-related news, a bunch of our prospects were at the World Juniors Summer Showcase, which was happening at the beginning of August. Um, I know Byram was there, I think Newhook was there, mm-hmm. a bunch of our Rockins were there. There was an article about this that I don't have open right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to watch it, and then I had pain issues and spent my time um, crying and binge-watching Mad Men instead. That's valid. I thought about watching it, and then I ended up... All of the games were while I was at work. I was going to say, they're like the middle of the day. <laughs> I meant to. Okay, let's see if I can find the showcase article so we can at least list who all was there why is my internet so slow it hates you probably oh i'm adding more things to the list we forgot we got a list of nationally televised games ah. okay. oh i knew that and i forgot about it because i yeah, every time i find out there's nationally televised games i'm like god damn it pierre mcguire yeah, it's like it's really exciting because i want to watch them like, I'm glad they're getting the attention they deserve, but also fuck NBC Sports. Yeah, maybe I'll try to, like, go to a sports bar for the nationally televised games in the future so I can just, like, get rowdy and not listen that to Pierre Maguire. I might have solved okay. my own problem. I found the list of people who were there. Okay, so Byram, Newhook, and Luca Burzan all played for Canada. Drew Hellison played for the U.S. Um, Justice Anunen and Sampo Ranta both played for Finland. And I think they all did pretty well. I know Ranta did really well. Um, I know I heard Byram obviously kick ass. Like Byram did well. He didn't play in as many games as I expected, but I don't know what that deal was. I mean, it's just a showcase. Like, it's... They might have wanted to give, like, the other kids more of a chance to shine. That's possible. Yeah. But anyway, we have players. They did things. It's exciting. Oh, and also, Byram, I mean, if he makes the NHL, which I think he has a really good chance to, he won't be able to play at Junior's. Because he'll be busy. Yeah, he'll be playing NHL games. So... Maybe they yeah, didn't want to, like, make the team too reliant on him, so they didn't play him that much. Yeah, that's fair. Or if they already felt like they knew what he had to offer if he was going to be available. Lots of possibilities, and none of them are because he's not incredible, which he is. And yeah. I'm very excited about him. Yep. Uh, in very important hockey news, Tyson Berry turned 28 recently, and to celebrate, 
he had a tea party. We stand a gentleman. Nothing in this world has made me happier. Tyson Berry is heaven sent. Facts. His, like, floral shirt sitting at a table with dogs and teacups. Like, I... Perfection. Literal perfection. It doesn't get better than Frankly, that. I think he's inspired me to host more tea parties in my life. Same. I don't have a tea set, but I'm poor, so I can make do with the mugs that I have. Yeah, I have a fuck ton of mugs. None of them match. I can I make some fucking, like, cucumber sandwiches. Like, I can make this work. Oh, yeah. Scones, maybe. I don't know. I'll figure yeah. it out. It's a good idea. Thanks, Tice. Yeah. Um, Landeskog, the horse, owned by ERJ Racing, or Eric Johnson, if you were <laughs> wondering. Um, he's been winning a lot. He's doing really well, actually, on the horse racing circuit. I don't follow him that closely, but I see the videos that EJ posts on Twitter. Yeah. EJ has been, like, really hype about it. He's been yes. having a lot of horse-related emotions all over the internet. Yeah, he uh, raced, I think, really close to where I live. Um, and I didn't go, and now I'm pissed. Because I yeah. should have gone. Gotta gotta keep a, a bigger eye. Maybe, maybe, I don't know anything about horse racing. Um, but wouldn't it be cool if he was at the Kentucky Derby? Probably not. I don't know rules. I don't know how things work. Yeah, I don't know. Also, EJ did some sort of betting on horses thing competing with Bobby Flay. What? He was tweeting about it, and I don't understand. Somehow I think it was for charity... Okay. I, we I, like charity. I, I don't know. I really don't know. EJ is out here having horse girl summer. Horse girl summer. That's definitely the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, in golf news... Okay, so I know I know that sounds boring, but I swear to God, worth it. This is good golf news. Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, Tyson Berry, and someone else who I didn't recognize. Braden all want- Shen. Oh, that guy. Braden Shen. Yes. Whatever. Unimportant. We don't care about Braden. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. And he, he's a, he seems like a sweet person. I don't have any oh. beef with him. He's in the picture of the one that's Ryan O'Reilly and Nate and Tyson all snuggling on a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brayden Chen is the worst That's literally when I think of Brayden Chen, that's what I think of. (laughs) I probably didn't recognize him because he had a shirt on. I was like, no, who's this guy? (laughs) That's so (laughs) (laughs) funny. But anyway... They were all golfing together, and they posted photos, and they all had matching socks, and Nate looks so blonde. He's been using that sun in. Truly. <laughs> like, one of, I have a hockey memes group chat, and Good. one of my friends sent it to the group chat and was like, did Nate bleach his hair? No, it's not quite bleached as a bleach blonde, but... 
he he might have used some lightener to to help it along. Some lemon juice, <laughs> maybe, to squeeze some lemons on his hair. <laughs> I believe Nate would do it. Okay, he might. He's maybe. come a long way since the the early long hair. Days of the flow. He owns Louboutins. Like, yeah, maybe he's. I'm convinced he only owns owns those because he knows they're expensive and so he there's no other reason for nathan mckinnon to be owning red bottoms like <laughs> i love him <laughs> he's a fuck too um also speaking of sid and nate and golf um very recently you i hate barstool sports like please don't get me wrong but this is worth watching. It is a video of uh, Biz Nasty and some other guy from Spit and Chicklets who I don't care to know anything about because fuck Barstool. Um, and Sid and Nate went golfing and they videoed parts of it. And it's pretty incredible. I highly recommend watching. Biz uh, has quite a roller coaster of a journey. <laughs> from being accused of sandbagging to absolutely blowing it at the the end. I mean, it's it's incredible. That's uh, everything I would expect from Paul Bissonnette and more. So I'm um, Sid just is in the background giggling a lot, which is awesome. And Nate gets really fucking pissed because he thinks uh, Biz is cheating. I can't believe. That Nate is getting worked up over a golf game with the fucking cast of Spittin' Chicklets. It's like obviously incredible. it's gonna be a clusterfuck, Nathan. It's they're playing for like who pays for lunch, I think. Or dinner, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But like and the the guys from Spittin' Chicklets are like, You guys have way more money than us, fuck off. Like and Sid yeah, like, doesn't give a fuck. Like he's just like laughing the whole time. Nate's really pissed off. It's hilarious. He's so competitive. Like, it's so funny. Well, anytime that Sid gets like vaguely competitive at any point, the uh, Biz will just yell, "We're not on the ice, Sid!" at him, and then he calms down. Doesn't seem to work on Nate. <laughs> Clearly, Nate needs to start meditating with Colin I use the same app that Colin Wilson and Lauren Gardner use to meditate now. Not because of them. I love it. This is just, every time I use it, I'm like, huh. I wonder how Colin Wilson is doing today. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, amazing. This is where I'd plug a promo code for Headspace if this podcast was sponsored, which it's clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Can you imagine if, like, real people listened to this and expected... We had to do ad reads. Someone? We had to do fucking ad reads. They would probably like, go... Like, Biz, though? Yeah, 100%. Biz's ad reads are atrocious in the best possible way. Like, I think they're the only ad reads I don't skip over because they're funny. Like, I'm, like, I'm here to see how long it's going to take him to get through these, like, five sentences. Because speaking of spitting chiclets, they also had Sid on their podcast, um, and they released it on his birthday. If you don't know when his birthday is, then 
you don't know shit about hockey, get the fuck out. Um, just kidding. It's August 7th. Um, <laughs> it's tragically not episode 187, which apparently he had been promised when he agreed to do it. <laughs> and he does bring that up. But it's, I think it's, I mean, I only listened to the interview because I'm not, I like Barstool. Yeah, I was not too much for me. the first hour of their bullshit. I joined in around like the 50 minute mark. That's when Sid starts talking. The interview is really great. Um, obviously, like Sid has a brand to protect, so it's very tame for Barstool. <laughs> For but they also mentioned that. Like, if you listen to any of the chatter at the end of the interview, they're like, look, obviously, like, we know Sid's got some wild stories, but also he's a private guy. We respect yeah. that. We didn't ask him about any of that. Yeah. They keep it pretty. It's really tame. So, like, if you're worried about that, don't be. Like, but it's worth a listen. About how Mario Lemieux talked him into getting a puppy in mm. his rookie year. <laughs> Which is incredible. And I mean, it's just, it just, you do get some fun, cute, like, Sid stories. Like, it is a more, like, casual Sidney Crosby than, like, you normally get in interviews, which is fun. And he talks about, like, a lot of his time on the team when he was younger, and he, like, waxes poetic about how much he loves Gino, which is cute. And Nate, I guess, is there, not with a microphone, though, so you can't hear him. But, like, every once in a while, someone will react to something Nate says. I love that also, they're just, like, the Weasley twins of Nova Scotia in the summertime now. <laughs> like, Yeah. There's theoretically a Nate episode coming at some point in the future. So. I'll listen to that because, you know. I'll kidding. 100% listen to that. I live for Nathan McKinnon's awkward list. It's, it's so cute. That's the best part about the golf video is he's like so pissed off and he has this cute little list, but I'm like, oh, it's so adorable. I'm so sorry to be patronizing, Nate. I love you. <laughs> I recognize you're a grown-ass adult, but also you're adorable. He's younger than me by six months. So, seven. Six and a half months. So, I'm allowed to make fun of him. <laughs> he would have been a grade below me in school. See, there we go. That's the important part. Yeah, we're, we're good. I'm allowed to make fun of him. There's also a lot of talk about Max Talbot, which just makes me happy because Max Talbot makes me happy. <laughs> Apparently, he's like a menace to have on your team because he can and will make all kinds of stupid bets with you. Yeah, those are that was probably one of my favorite parts to listen to because I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like those stories were absolutely wild in the best way. Yeah. Um, in some other really great like social media content, the Avs social media has started doing these videos with Kale McCarr and Tyson Jost called "Sweet and Sour," <laughs> and so they give them a player. And Kale is supposed to say something nice about them. And Tyson is supposed to say something mean about them. And Tyson is literally O for however many episodes they've done on that. Like, he literally can't say anything mean. And it's maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's real adorable. I owe the entire app social media team my life. I wish that they would do this again, but with Gabe and EJ. I think that's where you would get 
the good content. I'm tweeting that at them <laughs> right now. Like, <laughs> this tweet is being composed right now. <laughs> that EJ would 100% like not pull any punches. No, because he's like, EJ. Tyson, literally Tyson's chirp for Gabe was he's a pretty boy. Like, ooh, how <laughs> offensive. He's fucking the hottest man in the NHL. And no, I do not take constructive criticism. Gabe Landeskog is the hottest man in the NHL. That's a fact. Like, yeah. that's not even an opinion. That's no. A fact. Exactly. Okay, great. I just tweeted at the apps to recreate Sweet and Sour with Gabe and EJ. That happened. Emily, come through! <laughs> we'll see if they listen. Uh, in fictional avs news let's do a couple weeks of big brother updates yes i'm pretty sure the last person to be eliminated was t-bear right i think so yeah because there are only a few left and it's like inexplicably kamenev is still there (laughs) yes he is inexplicably still there (laughs) you're like you got rid of tyson berry who literally everyone loves. And yeah. <laughs> he was too much of a threat. Well, you're right, you're right. hopefully we haven't done week 15 yet. But if we have, I'm going to edit this all out. So um, we'll be fine. And no one will notice. All right. So the winner of this week's head of household is Tyson Jost. Obviously the person that you want to be in charge of things. Anything, literally ever. <laughs> he nominates Miko Rantanen and Eric Johnson for eviction. Kind of rude, but okay. Uh, he's feeling threatened, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe draws house guest choice for the power of veto competition and chooses none other than bro JT Comfer. And... Kamenev and McKinnon are also drawn to participate. The winner of Power of Veto is none other than Miko Rantanen, who, of course, uses Power of Veto on himself. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Why else would you, would you do? Meanwhile, in the house... Eric Johnson makes an effort to improve relationships in the house. Kamenev holds a house meeting to apologize for his behavior in the house. That goes over well. I don't know what behavior he's apologizing for. Maybe he just held a house meeting so everyone would know who he is. IDK. <laughs> Kirsch and McKinnon bond. Mm, too bad that's wasted. Um, and EJ's ego is rubbing the house the wrong way. Which, like, I can see, for sure. That, I loved him, but yeah, that tracks. Colin Wilson is named as the replacement for Miko Rantanen in eviction. So now it is between Wilson and EJ, which is truly a tragedy. I love both those guys. Yeah. But by a vote of 7-2... to Eric Johnson is evicted from the Big Brother house. R.I.P. EJ. Now, it's okay. Now he can go play with his horses. 
It's true. Now, in week 16, the head of household is JT Comfer. Wow, just making its rounds to the rookie house. We love JT. JT can be in charge of things. He nominates Colin Wilson and Matt Nieto for eviction. And for the power of veto competition, Carl Soderberg, Tyson Jost, and Matt Calvert are also selected to participate. The winner of Power of Veto is none other than Carl Soderberg, who, if I know anything about Carl, he's about to not use this at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I was right. He does not use the Power of Veto. (laughs) (laughs) What an icon. (laughs) I predicted correctly. Carl Soderberg and Nathan McKinnon bond, however, so that's that's good. Wilson attempts to blame and call out Matt Calvert for actions in the house and say that he deserves How to leave. This is, this is dad on dad violence. <laughs> Due to the mental stress of the game, Matt Nieto begins to isolate himself from the rest of the house. Matt, that is not the way to stick around. Uh, and Matt Calvert and Colin Wilson eventually bond. So clearly the dads were able to work it out. Thank God. I'm just loving the image of like Colin Wilson calling out Matt Calvert and then Matt Calvert being like, well, Colin, this isn't like you. And them like meditating together and then moving on. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. (laughs) I would watch the show. And the vote is between Colin Wilson and Matt Nieto for eviction, and by a vote of five to three, Matt Nieto is evicted from the Big Brother house. Big surprise that there. And we're going to do one more week, just because I'm not sure if I repeated or not. Um, and also, we are weeks behind because of me being sick. And week 17's head of household is Gabe Landeskog, the rightful head of household at all times. Oh, captain, my captain, love of my life. He nominates Colin Wilson and JT Comfort, clearly because he is threatened by the fact that they are mini hymns for eviction. Yeah. There's no other reason for that. Probably, yeah. For the head of household competition, Gabe draws house guest's choice and selects Matt Calvert to participate, and Jost and Kerf are also selected to participate. And the winner of the Power of Veto competition is Colin Wilson, who is going to use it on himself because that's Go what you smart do. Boy. While having a conversation, Kamenev accidentally makes a inappropriate comment so he needs to watch what he does shame he doesn't have much of a reputation to help him out yet yeah uh miko rantanen uh has an emotional public breakdown because of the pressure of the game which is honestly an absolute tragedy so i hate that But JT Comfer is chosen as the replacement, and now the eviction is between Tyson Jost and JT Comfer, so one of the roomies. I did 
will be leaving. Which is tragic. But by a vote of four to three, JT Comfer is evicted. Ah! That's very sad. So, remaining in the house, we have Alexander Kerfoot, Carl Soderberg, Colin Wilson, Gabe Landeskog, Matt Calvert, Miko Rantanen, Nate McKinnon, Tyson Jost, and Vladislav Kamenev. <laughs> so, we will see where we go from there. Hopefully, I will actually have some Sims Bachelorette updates soon. But my computer has been having problems, so I'll come back to you on that one. The struggle is real. Okay, I need to go grab my book because I forgot about it. Oh, how could you forget? I know. I know. It was a terrible mistake. I'll be back. I found it. It was not as far away as I thought it was. I took notes this time. Good. I took very few notes, but they're very important ones, so... I mostly just highlighted passages that were killing me. Um, basic summary of chapters 11 through 20. They, we meet, what's her name? Uh, um, fuck, what was her name? Let's go back so I can find where I'm supposed to go to. What was her name? It was like Jenny or something terrible. Yeah, was it? They went to go meet old man what's-his-face, the owner. Yeah, they, they go to meet the owner of the team, and his daughter is there, and she, like, corners Katarina and is like, um, I'm supposed to marry him? Yeah, she's Justin like, LeBlanc. I was the one who got us to draft him. He's mine. Back off. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Jackie, that's her, that's her name. Thank you. So Jackie is like, um, I drafted him. This is my team. I was trying to trade him so that we could start dating. We're going to fall in love. You need to leave. Yes. So obviously Katarina is slightly off put by this. But they have more important things to focus on because they have to do their interview for, uh, to prove to immigration that this is more than just a green card marriage, which it is, so, slight mistake. And Dustin LeBlanc is not remotely interested in actually learning anything about Katarina. Or sharing anything about himself. Yeah, so, so, big surprise, the interview goes terribly yeah. Like, so and bad. Apparently, their, their, like, interviewer is also a big hockey fan, but he's a fan of the DC team, and he doesn't like the Chicago team, so he literally just, like, straight threatens them that he's gonna give them, like, an extra thorough interview because he doesn't like that Dustin plays for Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, they have to come back for another interview another time, and Katarina's like, well, now will you believe me when I say this interview's gonna be tough? And he's like, whatever. She convinces him to go visit his family in his hometown, so they do. And they go bowling. 
Yeah. And make out in public. Just kind of like, like very, very dramatically make out in public. Yeah. There was also quite a few sex scenes in there. Oh, I forgot. My personal favorite chapter in this section of the book is the one where I don't even think Dustin LeBlanc's in it at all. It's just Katerina, like, in her room reading romance novels. And it is so painfully self-referential, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure the last line of that chapter is something to the effect of Dustin LeBlanc looks like he could be on the cover of one of these books. And I'm like, yes, he is. Like, that's... Yeah. Ugh. It was too, and she she reads it on Kindle too. Like this book is only available for Kindle, and she reads it on her Kindle. Like I was like, oh my god, yeah. did Jeff Bezos write this chapter himself? Surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just straight name drop himself in there. <laughs> it felt that part was like because most of it, I'm like, oh, it's a pretty typical like shitty romance novel. Like it, we're just here for fun. Like we're not here for like quality writing, and that's fine. Yeah. I respect it. It's a way to make money. But, like, that chapter was, like, so painful to read. I was like, oh, God, I hate this. Like, you can't be this, like, you can't break the fourth wall this way. Yeah. It's and weird. It's just supposed to be like, oh, these romance novels just don't compare to my new life anymore. And I'm like, like you're in one. Like, and it's just one chapter. Like, it's not like Bridget Jones' Diary where it's, like, relevant to the overall story like it's just like it just felt really out of place yeah <sighs> bad bad moment okay so i have a couple of notes please share i um, have a few as well i at one point why will you not open the note that i wrote about this please tell me what i wrote um so at one point Katarina refers to Dustin as L. Hubs. And I, I literally wrote, are you fucking kidding? They're like at dinner and he calls her wife. And so he's, she calls him L. Hubs. <laughs> Why? I don't like it. Yeah, I hate that. Um. Oh, <sighs> I've got a callback to the Puck Bunny references. So when they're at dinner, they're telling their, like, fictional meeting story where they met in college. And they're like, yeah, so, you know, we met at this bar. And Jackie goes, oh, I see. So you were a puck bunny even then? And Dustin goes, yeah, big time puck bunny. What can I say? Rugged men with skates and a big stick are her weakness. Like, yep, that's that's a normal thing to say in front of your team owner. Super chill. Um, my favorite quotes from the this segment are when Katarina says, and I quote, You have hot hands. I admit it. Huh. Which just, uh, what? Does, what? Hand, what? <laughs> I mean, I get how, like, hands could be a thing you're into, but I feel like that's not a thing that people say. I don't know. Like, I've heard people say, like, you're good with your hands, or, like, you know, like, that would make sense. 
I don't know. I it just I thought it was weird. Do you have any other notes? Because there is, of course, the terrible sentence from the last chapter that we have to discuss. Um, I'm still on their getting together story where oh, please the original pickup line is because a Beatles song was playing Are You a Fan of Norwegian Wood? As a pickup line, not as a reference to the song. It should be noted here that, like, we've established that Katarina hates the Beatles, mm-hmm. but now she has to pretend like she loves them because they're using this pickup line story. And somehow she ends up with some, like, rare first edition record from the owner because he's just so touched by their romantic Beatles story of love. Yeah. Which kind of makes me want to die. Um, I have a really cheesy line from Justin about uh, One Night Stands. He says, I wonder sometimes if there isn't something more honest about a one night stand. You both want something. Sex. And that honesty brings forth a weirdly meaningful connection. Which is, like, deeper than I expected to get from this book. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, I'm not convinced that Dustin has enough brain cells to put together that thought, so... Yeah. Nothing in in the book so far has really lent us to believe that. Except for that one time he made some really good cases against why, like, doctors aren't always good. That was weird. True. Um, apparently Kat thinks that Chicago is like Buenos Aires, Argentina, except with taller buildings. I've never been to Argentina, but I feel like Chicago and Buenos Aires might not be particularly similar. I wouldn't know, but that did strike me as odd. Do I have any other notes in here? Let's see. No. Um, there's some, like, tragic backstory into that when Dustin won't let Katarina call him Dusty. Mm-hmm. Because he has all of these terrible nicknames for her. And she's like, well, can I call you Dusty? And he's like, mm, no. Although I do think Kit Kat's actually a cute nickname for someone. It is a little bit cute. What else do I have? I have a bunch of things that were just like, why are you ordering coffee from a bartender? You've never done that? Because I definitely do that on a regular basis. (laughs) I don't go out much. I don't drink coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I... Back to the author having no idea how sexual response works in humans in general. <laughs> Dustin is like, is texting Cat and says goodnight and then sends a like sweaty, naked, leaning on a hockey stick picture. And Cat's response I swallowed slowly. The more I tried to resist the effect he had on my body, the more he overcame me. <laughs> No. 
I don't like it. No. My note on that was just, please stop. But also, that should be noted that that is the cover of the book. That is true. Oh, wait. Okay. So, from their interview, um, their interviewer is asking, um, so, you know, you, you met before, whatever. So, like, how did you fall in love and get married in Vegas in one night? What was it that did it? And Dustin says, her head. And then winks at the immigration officer. Yeah. And then he clarifies, like, she's so smart. You're like, uh-huh, yeah. That's definitely what you meant. Yeah. On the the bright side, as an immigration officer, if he said that, I'd be like, this guy might just actually be so fucking stupid that he did just marry some woman in Vegas for fun. Yeah. And this isn't a green card marriage. He's just a dumbass, and they really are that impulsive. True. Okay, so we also have a discussion about whether or not Dustin can cook. And, oh, it was, so they were getting sushi, and he, like, had never heard of sushi, I guess. Which does not track. Like, I get that he's from a small town, but, like, he's been living in Chicago for quite some time. There is definitely sushi in Chicago. I've had it. And so Kat is like, don't you make millions of dollars? Don't you go out to eat whenever you want? His response is, to be fair, I just got my first million-dollar contract two years ago. And I'm just more of a cook-at-home type of guy. First of all, if he's really, like, a star player on this team, there's no way he's been making less than a million dollars until, like, last year, when apparently he's been playing for, like, a decade. Plot twist, he's actually an AHLer, and we just didn't realize. (laughs) (laughs) And then... I call bullshit on being more of a cook-at-home type of guy. Like, I have seen those videos where they go on tours of NHL players' houses. None of them can cook. They do those puck personality videos that are like, what's the best thing you can cook? And they're all like, I can grill steak. Well, and also, like, they travel all the time. Like, you would have to eat out because your hotel's not going to have a kitchen that you can use. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it doesn't make any sense. That whole, like, like, interaction is so weird. Further evidence that this author actually knows literally nothing about the sports he's writing about. Just the sex scenes are gross. That's, that was my note there. Is like, why are you (laughs) making me read this? We did this to ourselves. Yeah. And then, then, then we have Jackie showing up at the bowling alley, and... Oh, also, like, the random dude that Jackie brought to the bowling alley who's also from Catalonia. So, like, he and Kat just, like, chat at the bowling alley. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Anyway, okay, what what is this line in the last chapter that we need to discuss? Quote, hockey players weren't known for their asses. Right. End quote. This is offensive to me as a hockey fan like reputable news sources have recently run articles on hockey players asses look up 
Sidney Crosby and tell me that ass isn't fucking legendary. There is a whole chapter in Check Please dedicated to hockey players' asses. This is... Hockey players are absolutely known for their asses. Yeah, that's like the one... Like, asses and thighs are the only parts of their body that... Besides their, like, weird-ass ankles are the only thing that are, like... Hockey players are known for. Yeah, because, like, all athletes are hot. Like, they all have, like, muscles. But, like, hockey players specifically have huge, thick asses and thighs. And, like, the audacity of this book to say that. Like... That was the moment he truly lost me. Truly. Like, before that, I was willing to make excuses, but... I can no longer, in good faith, recommend this to hockey fans because yeah, you, this is an insult to our intelligence. Yeah. Tisk tisk. Yeah. <laughs> like, does this man understand how sports that use your like literally every sport that involves running or using your lower body is going to have like developed asses? Yeah. What does he think skating is? I don't know. I have a lot of questions for Mickey Miller upon reading this book. Me too. If for some reason you want to read along with us, um, we'll be reading through chapter 30 of One Vegas Night by Mickey Miller. So you don't have to join us. In fact, I'd recommend you don't. Yeah, you maybe shouldn't. But if you've already bought it, might as well finish it. (laughs) So we'll do chapter 30, and then the episode after that, we'll do the last four chapters in the epilogue. Guys, this book is so bad, and I'm sorry if we convinced you to spend $3 on it. It was quite the waste of $3. But, you know, I spent... I've done worse impulse buys, so. True. And it was only $3. We'll live. But yeah, that's, uh... It's a book. It's out there. It's published. I think it's self-published, but nevertheless, people have read it. It has good reviews on Goodreads. Just think about that. I, I, who, who are these people leaving it good reviews? And have they ever read a book? this one apparently maybe maybe they haven't read it and that's why they gave it a good review (laughs) maybe they just saw the picture on the cover and were like yes i like this book that is a shirtless man with a hockey stick yep well that's that we'll be back next week for real this time Hopefully, hopefully, nothing. Medical emergencies. Yeah, hopefully things will stay normal, and we'll be back next week with more um, one Vegas night reviews. And um, yeah, maybe something will happen in the hockey world too. Maybe, maybe Miko Rantanen will sign. Probably not. Maybe. We should be so lucky. 